All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. You can also catch us on Pluto, the Real America's Voice app. And uh, welcome to a Wednesday night. And uh, as you noticed, uh, the big guy's not here. Big D. Yeah, the only thing we have from him is is this. This, this, is, this is the remnants of... Damon, here he is. Uh, he'll be, be he'll be back tomorrow night. Of course, Paul Nolan is here with news. Rick Amarati's here with sports, and I'm here sitting in the big guy's seat, keeping it warm until tomorrow night. And of course, you're there. So thank you for joining us. Got a lot to get to tonight. Um, Paul, how's things going? It's going good. It's going good. Just got good news from a good buddy of mine. When your buddy's kids are doing well and your buddies are doing well, it's a good day. All right, good to hear. Rick Amarati, how about yourself? Good, Rick. How are you tonight? I am doing good. As a matter of fact, I, I, I have to confess, I was thinking about Rick this morning, just okay. after I woke up. Don't ask. Don't don't take it down that road. You were snuggling um, your pillow. <laughs> I actually no. I was sitting was in front of my purple computer. Purple rain. Sitting in front of my computer, but a Prince thing popped up. Yes. On the news feed, and it was like it was an amazing. And I, I'm sure you're going to mention it during sports, right? Yeah, I will. Absolutely, okay. I'll touch on Prince. Yep. But it was a great, I think, what is it, today Today is five years? Yeah, today's the fifth year anniversary of the passing of the legendary artist Prince. Yeah, exactly. So, he's uh, formally known. Yeah. Well, no, then he became Prince. No, again. no, just he's formally known. Yeah, he's formally known. Right. That is true. Right. He was great, though, boy. What a what a player. What a... Yeah, modern-day Mozart. That's what I called him. He was a modern-day I think you're getting Mozart. ahead of yourself, but I... <laughs> No, kid, no kid, not even close. <laughs> well, well, regardless, it was a great article. I enjoyed reading it as, as, as soon as I saw it and made the connection because the way it, it was done for sports it was because he was a huge basketball fan. I think you know yeah, that, no yeah. doubt. Um, but it was he just was a great that, athlete for a tiny little person. Yep. What was he five two? Five two. Yep, weighed about one hundred and twenty pounds. Right, absolutely. And I, I think he was like the same height. They had a picture of him from his uh, middle school. Uh, basketball team, yeah. you know, kneeling there on the front row, all of five two. The afro made him six foot. Yeah, I mean it was, and it's a great picture, uh, Rick. I'm sure you can share that on Twitter if people want to see the the pictures that they include. Yeah, that story is really posted cool. on my Twitter, Rick. If you go to uh, okay. at slickrickSports.com, it's from Sports Illustrated. It's a great story, and Rick, I thank you for thinking of of me and yeah. Prince. And again, it's just it was just such a cool way to start the day, cool. and then of course. LeBron James happened. Now, on the way here, I'm thinking, you know what? What are we going to start with today? Yesterday was so negative, right? We were, we were just kind of, everything was just, it oh, yeah. the bad it was... taste. People were complaining, on, and, and we get it. You know what? But, but these are the things that, you know, as this show has grown, the way Damon has kind of put it together and lets us kind of go off on things, it's to express our opinion, get your feedback, you know, kind of work that in to see how you guys are feeling out there, but also... You know, you kind of, you always kind of want to leave on a good note and be like, hey, you know, it was, it was fun. It was great hanging out. We got to, you know, get a little dialogue going. So tonight we're going to talk about Bigfoot, JFK, <laughs> UFOs. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> and Nassara. Um, and Nassara. <laughs> and just Sarah. Right. Um, so with that in mind, I was like, all right, we should probably, I'd like to steer away from the Chauvin trial because let's face it, it consumed everyone yesterday because there was so much darkness on right there's so much 
and so much of the demise of America has all been hinged to this as well. There's been so much wrong with the trial, with the investigation surrounding it, the history of both guys. There's so much wrong at so many levels, and everybody's so linear or black or white, up or down, and it's right. exhausting beyond belief. Exactly. And again, you know, it, it, there was there's all this other stuff that's attached to it. But what what everybody and and by everybody I mean the mainstream media, the deep state media, and um, the pol- politicians. They focused on making it all about race and, and throwing the celebrities there, too, because let's face it, they're not out of the woods on this one. Um, because, again, it's that whole thing. And Charles Barkley said it best last week yeah. when he said they the people in power are trying to keep us separated and make us fight. And that's exactly what we saw all yesterday. And it continued today. Unfortunately, it continued today, and it got even worse because then there's the uh, the death of that that young 16 year old girl um, who was shot by a police officer in the act of committing a crime of attempted murder. Um, just 16, but wielding a pretty big knife. From what I've seen in the pictures, if you do a search, you can see the knife in the pictures. And it wasn't it wasn't a butter knife. She wasn't trying to make the girl a sandwich. She was trying to cut her into a sandwich. Um, and it's that video is frightening. And it's disturbing. That right. Cop and, doesn't and, step in. The other girl's dead. Exactly. Or, you know, because that was she had perfect angle to get right in the belly. And yep. the size difference between the two it was a formidable girl versus not so formidable girl. Let's leave it at that. Right. And, and it almost seemed like there was a melee because it's a guy who's about to kick another girl who's on the ground. But regardless, and then the cop has to make a split second decision. And again, these guys do not take this job lightly. They just don't walk out that day and be like, "Woo! can't wait to, you know, draw on somebody. That's not the way they live. That's not the way they think. It's always the, the worst option, the worst last option. And. It's just amazing how it doesn't ma- all the real stuff doesn't matter when you live on a mountaintop looking down on the sheeple below you as LeBron James does and he proceeds to get on his Twitter account posting a picture and the name of the officer who unfortunately shot this girl Micaiah Bryant um the Columbus police officer and he posts his picture and his name and says, you're next. Oh, man. I didn't see that. Yep. And I saw it. As soon as I saw that, oh, I'm like, man, you know what, dude? That. Yeah. And, and again, and I've said this a million times. Oh, I hate God, LeBron James. I, I just yeah. don't like, I don't think he's a nice person. Right. And it has nothing to do with his money. And I've said this before, too. I appreciate the fact that he's taken his talent. From the, the, the graduating high school, let's face it, he barely got out, but he was able to take his talent, his physical talent, and manifest that into tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. Great. That's what America is for, right? This is what, you know, when people are rushing for the border, when people want to come here, when they're trying to escape communism, when they're trying to escape socialism and, and despots around the world, they come here to the shining light because they see a LeBron James and say, you know what? I can do what he did. Maybe not in basketball. Maybe it's starting their own business. Maybe it's, you know, in the financial world. Maybe it's becoming a doctor. Maybe it's just doing so much better than they could do in their own country. But this is what they aspire to. That is the American dream. That no matter what, he didn't have the greatest education, the greatest growing up. We know that. 
but it didn't stop him. But then he, I think he forgets that, you know what? There's certain things you got, you, you got to be, you, you got to take that step back and be like, hmm, this is the country people want to come to, right? So if I have it right, he prefers the cop let the one girl stab the other girl. So I just can't understand the, the line of thinking. Right. First well, you can't foremost. wrap your mind around Two, it. Because, I just, yeah. Because I, you have logical. common sense. Yeah. It's not logical. The, the, What's that? It's not logical. It's it's crazy. It's so irrationally illog- illogical. And the other thing is, like, you know, this whole victimhood thing is just constantly, it all it does is set everybody back. But when you encourage people to feel like a victim, all you do is discourage them from advancing themselves. Right. The whole process is so, it's so away from everything we were taught by our coaches and, as growing up. Our, our mentors, our teachers, the people who matter to us, you know, it's just, it's stunning to me. Yeah. It's and and, and me. if you, and if you just do a little history lesson on the people that are successful, you'll see that they don't do that because they're too busy trying to get ahead to try and make things better. They're not trying to, you know, let's face it, take out an entire, uh, take out a police force or, or what have They're They're not interested in the negative because that stuff there's a bad juju attached to that kind of energy, all right? I'm not sounding, trying to sound like a weirdo, but if you focus on that kind of stuff, you only bring negative, more negative stuff to you. But that said, back to LeBron James, he put this tweet out there. And what has he got, 50 million followers? It takes one to say, you know what? I hear you, LeBron. Ugh. I know what you mean. You know I'm what? reading between the lines. I know what I'm going to go do for you takes one and that's the sick part that he doesn't recognize not only the power of what he just did there but the fact that he reaches so many people you know what i wouldn't it be better if if lebron said something like a quote from um it was the old uh, dean alfonge it's here's a great quote. Imagine he said something like this to the kids out there. I do not choose to be a common man. It's my right to be uncommon. I seek to develop whatever talents God gave me, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dulled by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build and to fail and to succeed. I refuse to barter incentive for a dole. I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the state calm of utopia. I will not trade freedom for uh, beneficence or, or, or my dignity for a handout. I will not never cower before any earthly master nor bend to any threat. It's my heritage to stand erect, proud, and unafraid, to think and act for myself, enjoy the benefit of my creations, and face the world boldly and say, this with God's help I have done. All I want is this to be a man, and this is what it means to be an American. Right. Great quote mm-hmm. from a former labor leader of the Democratic Party in like 1940. Just think about how far the Democratic Party has come. I, I would say they're not even Democrats anymore. They're, yeah, they're, they're outright not. socialists. Um, you, could, you could put them in as fascist, Marxist, what, what have you. Anything with an ist on it, it seems like they're gravitating towards. They're diving into headfirst. And again, with people like this, so many people look up to this guy, unfortunately. And it's because of that kind of stuff. Where, whereas you could have gone a completely different direction. Maybe just, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I want to wait till, oh, I don't know. All the facts come out. 
and as Paul pointed out, yeah, by the way, he did he did have to uh, shoot that girl and she ended up dying, but he saved a life. The life of a black girl who was under attack. How stunning. about you focus on the positive? Stunning. And say, Just you know stunning. what? Yeah, I'm sorry that girl died, but why was she attacking that other girl with a knife? Man. I mean, I, I would know. love to hear from the girl who was saved. I would like to see them really focus on her parents. And, and forget about it. Speak about parents. The, 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 the girl's mother, the girl that died, her mother... She sounded like uh, she sounded like Nancy Pelosi. We'll play we'll play Nancy Pelosi, of course, a little bit later. Oh God! Um, but it, it's amazing that these people. Uh, it, it I think I really think they're brain damaged. I think they have problems. I I I can't understand the lack of common sense and the ability to kind of step back and be like, well, what just happened here? What are we dealing with? What am I What am I about to go through? And stop jumping in front of every camera and microphone thinking, oh, I'm going to get my TikTok moment out of this and I'm going to be famous because it's not what this is about. Yes, I'm ready to take us out. (sighs) (laughs) Amazing. Again, didn't know where to start. I didn't want to be negative and I'm sorry we're not on the socials tonight. Um, Live from Studio 6B, we'll take a quick break. Again, we're not on the socials. Got a little technical difficulty, but we'll be doing that again tomorrow. In the meantime, hang tight. We got some news with Paul, sports with Rick, and more craziness of the world. We got a crazy town coming up, too, so that's a good thing. Uh, Live from Studio 6B, stay there. Real America's Voice. from studio 6p on real america's voice welcome back and uh yeah like i said at the top i really wanted to stay positive and kind of kind of try and take the show in a different direction tonight maybe you know maybe maybe take a look at what's happening overseas in europe and and well germany's having problems maybe we'll touch on that uh maybe we talk about uh you know wacky stuff that that some of the news that we don't normally get to talk about maybe some aliens bigfoot (laughs) the loch ness monster None of it's going to happen tonight. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, and again, it stems from, um, because we were discussing this in the break as well, you know, talking about LeBron James. And again, the guy has so much, he's been around a long time. He's got a lot of influence. He's made a lot of money. He's, he's, a, he's a brand name. He's a world-known celebrity. He's a great basketball player. Probably one of the top five or six that, that'll ever play the game. Right. Yeah. But just because you can speak LeBron. Really top two. It's him or Jordan. And there's no argument really, right? Chamberlain? Chamberlain. Well, Chamberlain's huge, yeah. I mean, he's top five. You know that about it, Rick. Probably top three. But think about the impact he really has or what he could have if the entire culture like me who wants to see unity or the people, 99% of the people in the audience just tunes him out. Yeah, They just know that everything he says is divisive. They know that he is the kind of guy who doesn't want people united and connected. Right. Yep. I mean, what about that? I love that show, Key and Peele. I can't believe what the guy Keys. Uh, oh, I know. They, they, they got it, so I, racial. And it's just I like, cannot oh. make a movie that has white people in it. Right. Or it talks about white people. Talk about how far away from 
reality that is. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and again, I take it back to LeBron. And, and, you know, just because you have 50 million Twitter followers and however many fans and people wearing your jerseys and buying your shoes and all this stuff, and just because you do have a Twitter account, or, or, or a platform or a microphone in front of your face, just because you can speak doesn't mean you should speak. All right? The smartest people know when not to say a word. Unfortunately, you keep proving time and again and again and again that no matter how much we want to like you, <sighs> you really make it tough, LeBron. Even, I, I bet even a lot of your fans are just like, you know what, I'm tuning it out. Look at the numbers of the NBA. Look at what happened to baseball. Look what happened to football. You know, just think of it this way. If that cop shows up, he should have taken his meal break. Think about it. He shows up. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't save the girl. And the black girl kills the black girl. He let it happen because he didn't care about black people. Or he kills the attacker, the black girl, saving Mm -hmm. another black girl. And now he hates black because either way, he's a a bad person, racist, evil, white cop. Either way. He couldn't win, and the media will do nothing, nothing other than stoke the flames of hate and division and race, and all they'll do is further divide the nation, and this is going to blow up in their face because when you talk to people on the street, you talk to regular people who look a little different than you, they all say the same thing. It's all bull. It's all bull. It's all nonsense. Right. Yeah, because think about it. If he had done what you said, Paul, if he pulled up to the car, if he got out of the car, he saw it was going down. It's like, you know what? Uh, uh, people are holding up phones. This is a this is a bad look for me. I'm gonna I'm just gonna yeah. sit this one out. Yeah. Guess uh, what? They'd have a video of him standing there watching another got, he, girl get murdered uh, via stabbing. He's got to fake a hamstring injury. Yeah. Or make a coffee run. Whatever. Get out of there. Think about it. He had no chance. That poor guy. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't try and stop her, what happens? Well, someone else is going to end up dead. Yeah. What if she comes at him and he's like, "I don't think I can pull the trigger because this might look bad." You know, I maybe saw, he ends up dead. I saw when I was doing some homework today for today, the show, which is something I don't normally do. As you guys <laughs> you know, know. Paul, you're homework. Paul, 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 you're, not, you're not supposed to say the quiet part out loud, Paul. Oh right, I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> I saw a headline somewhere that the night before in the same area. A 13-year-old girl, black girl, stabbed another 13-year-old black girl, and I believe killed her. The same area, almost identical situations. We just got to ban knives. Everyone's got to use plastic cutlery from this point forward. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so again, nothing good is coming out of this, and and, it's, and and I think part of it too, unfortunately, is because of the fact. And I say this unfortunately, like it's like it's a bad thing, but it's not. <laughs> I shouldn't even use that word yeah. is because the left didn't get what they wanted. What did they want? Mm. What did they really want? I'm not talking about the people on the street saying they wanted a conviction. What did the politicians and what are the people pulling the strings really want to happen yesterday? They, they wanted riots and division in the streets. They want, and what fear. would have given that to them? What do you, what not are, guilty. Yeah, oh, yeah. They wanted. They oh, wanted. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't know where you were going. Right. With that. Yeah, exactly. They right. wanted a not guilty verdict because that would have said, you know what, well, crank up the riot machine. Yep. Yes. Well, I I just got a uh, breaking news, but this is this is a perfect example, right? Completely irrelevant of all of it. That's why they made the charges so strange. 
Mm-hmm. They've almost forced a no guilty at one spot, and that's why you know those jurors were fearing for their lives. That's why justice is gone. That's why, well, I don't like the way that police work happened, but I'm 100% behind the NYPD. <laughs> there you go. You know, nice. I, I wore it tonight on purpose. But I still, I, look, if Rick, your hockey team, I play, yep. I play, right? You ever go to the bench and, you know, you, you come back from the penalty box? The guys, did you get it? I tripped him. The guy had me beat. So I just, I could, he nailed me. I got it. Sometimes you do the wrong thing. Yep. And you got to take ownership of it, in my opinion. But manslaughter, okay. Murder, this is great. I mean, look, they, they, they're trying to incite the other half, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, to me, this to me, all of this feels like very contrived. This and destruction is at the foot. It's right at our doorstep. It just looks like summers of riots and hatred, and something bad's going to happen, boy. Yeah. It's like a powder keg ready to blow. Yeah, and, and then of course you have, uh, and, and we played the clip yesterday uh, of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, man making her stupidity more widely known than it already is. Uh, G, crank that up. I believe that's uh, 17. So again, thank you, George Floyd. Oh, God. For sacrificing your life for justice. All right, you can stop for her being there. there to- because she is sacrificing your life for justice. George Floyd did not want to die. I think we can all agree with that, right? Oh. Hands, show of hands, anyone? Yeah, right. Because he certainly didn't want Nancy Pelosi thanking him for dying. Right. Yeah. He didn't sacrifice himself. He didn't say, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this for the good of mankind. Right. He's diving on a grenade for right. Foxhole Brothers. Yes. He's not. He's not the grenade diving guy. He's the guy who, you know, he's made some bad decisions and what have you. Didn't deserve the the way the uh, to die the way he did, but he didn't want to die. And then, so you have Nancy Pelosi, that idiot, and then it follows up with, now his girlfriend, who, unfortunately, again, sometimes when they put a microphone in front of your face, you need to be smart enough to know when not to speak. Nancy Pelosi showed us she has that trait completely lacking, and so does George Floyd's girlfriend. Here's that clip 24G go. I love him with all my heart. And I'd do anything to have him standing next to me again But I know, I know he gave his life so this could happen. And I know again, that he gave gee. his life so that other people... Good uh, another one. She knew him. That was her, that, that was his girlfriend. And even this dolt is out there saying he gave his life. He did not give his life. He did not run into a burning building. He did not try and save people or or swim out to pull out a drowning person. He did not sacrifice himself for the good of someone else. Wasn't exactly, uh, I I don't want to go too far with this, but can't win. Again, sometimes when you have the opportunity Could we have some fuck? We do some crazy town stuff when we come back from break. Lighten up. You shouldn't speak. And that is another example. Let's talk about U.S. jets in a full-blown show of force flying over the South China Sea as a, as a saber rattling for China. That's more exciting than this. All right. I like Maybe that. we'll do that. Maybe we'll do a crazy town. We got one of those. We've got, we've got some news. Maybe we'll do some news. You got any news for us, Paul? Yeah. All right. Chauvin getting... No. <laughs> oh, no. Live from Studio 6B, a real America's voice. We'll take this quick break. We'll be back. Rick Amorati's got sports a little bit later on as well. Stay there, please, and thank you for joining us this evening.
live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Again, it is a Wednesday evening. If you're noticing, hey, I'm not the big guy. No. David is home, tending to some uh, some personal stuff, and we are holding down the fort until his timely return tomorrow evening. And uh, again, we appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we're going to steer the ship in a different direction. Now that we've gone down the Chauvin Canal and, and, and uh, the Race Rapids, uh, of this uh, amusement park, I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna steer off into something a little bit nicer, more fun loving. Yeah, something. that's why we're gonna turn to Paul Nolan and his happy news. What kind of happy news do you have for us, Paul? <laughs> well, it, it, it's something less uh, uh, less archaic. I, I guess we could go with Delta CEO expects COVID immunity proof for international flight, but won't call it a vaccine passport. Oh, come on. You said it was going to be fun. I, I could have sweat. A vaccine passport is fun. Uh, it's like having... It's like having like, a fast pass like, at Universal? Like, it's like having one of those decoder cards. Okay. Like from Ovaltine. Uh, Delta Airlines CEO <laughs> Ed Bastian anticipates some proof of immunity to coronavirus will be required to travel in, travel internationally, but won't rely on regulators around the world to determine it's required uh, using the term vaccine passport. Uh, Bastian said, we don't want to call it a vaccine passport. It carries too many connotations. We're more focused on travel credential, if you will, to indicate that you've been vaccinated or tested based on regulatory requirements. (laughs) Sounds like a proof of immunization. (laughs) It almost sounds like if they said it with an accent, may we see your vaccination papers. It would sound the exact same. Uh, So, you know, Delta's really uh, not on my favorite list anymore. He also said Delta in the first quarter of this year had more than expected losses, but that the company is expecting to reach profitability in the near future as tech groups create easy ways for passengers to show vaccination credentials at airports. <laughs> I mean, this is just uh, stunning. Why don't they just tattoo it to you right on your forehead so yeah. everybody can see? Hey, G, do you still have that picture that I used yesterday for the what even is that of the sponsors? Pop that up because, you know, yeah, what? That, perta- that, that, pertains, that pertains to exactly what oh, yeah. Delta is doing. Because if you look at this, and, and this comes from that, that propaganda video that Morgan Freeman did um, that we played last week. And if you look at this, these are all these companies, UPS, Merck. Um, it's all AP, it's just great synergy Franklin amongst Temple, all of them. Right. BNY, Mellon, um, all these companies. This is the way, see, this is the way, and, and, and I, I've mentioned this before, this is the way that the government is going to be able to force the Straight issue. Straight totalitarianism, right. but through a corporate structure. It's right. just, it, they bypassed all, look, we're not draconian, but we empower these corporations with all kinds of, you know, uh, you know ability to have their own monopolies because we give them protectionist laws and cr- allow them to go unfettered. Without competition, and here they are. Now they have the power to collude, connect, and create a COVID pass. We'll see in two or three years. Right. Two or three years. What about two or three weeks? Yeah, very I'm sure possible. they already have it. Well, maybe we should take a break from totalitarianism. <laughs> Let's get back to race baiting. Oh, uh, okay. Lawyer Dershowitz says Congresswoman Waters used KKK tactics to intimidate the Chauvin trial. Uh, lawyer and political pundit Alan Dershowitz on Tuesday called uh, California Democrat Maxine Waters called out uh, for uh, having tried to use Ku Klux Klan tactics 
to intimidate the Chauvin murder trial. He made the comparison in a TV interview on Newsmax in response to Waters urging demonstrators in Minnesota to get more confrontational. Uh, demonstrators obviously were protesting and all that. And then Dershowitz said the Klan would march outside of courthouses and threaten all kinds of reprisals if the juror ever dared to convict a white person or acquit a black person. He continued, her message was clearly intended to get the jury, if you will acquit or you will find charges less than murder, we will burn down your buildings, we'll burn down your businesses, we will attack you. So, um, you know, again, that's more of the, we're going to keep the stoking of the fires of hatred going. Right, and again, it, it takes you back to that whole thing of, you know, trying to keep everybody divided. And there's no reason. And it's not like it's her district. We all know that's not where she's from. She doesn't she she doesn't represent them. But man, she she was uh, she was on the first flight there, wasn't she? For the weekend. Of course she was. And did she spend the weekend there? Did she contribute to the economy? Did she say, you know what, I'm going to spend my weekend here. Let's uh, let's spend some of my millions of dollars in this community that I've, I've accumulated over the course of a life of civil service where I earn a measly hundred plus thousand a year, but somehow I have four houses and none of them are here. Um, but let me crank out the credit card. dollar home. I mean, right. it's unbelievable. Let, let me uh, get my private security because I need private security to get me to and from the airport, make sure I'm, I'm safe from you people. Um, did she do anything like that? No, she was probably on the next flight. Probably had the probably had her carbon footprint, you know, Bigfoot sized at that point, right? Keep keep the motor running, um, Captain Ahab, because I'm going to be back to the jet any minute, and I want to zip back to uh, the safety of Washington D.C. behind behind the gates. Um, no, she she didn't hang out. She's she's not she's not one of the people. She just she makes her appearance. She 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 uh, you know kind of spreads some some pixie dust on you. And says go and and represent represent my words. Well, the good news was Reverend Al Sharpton made it there as well in his How private jet. How can you even jet. tell the two apart? <laughs> in his private jet, he got there. Can of you course he this? did. It's unbelievable. And, and they really do look like they could be uh, like brother and sister. <laughs> like they both dress the same. They both yell the same. It's, it's, they both have the same nonsensical lies. It's just unbelievable. They just make a living off of hate. Yeah. And, and again, try not to buy into it because let's face it. I don't know about you, but I work with, with a bunch of people during the day that are all different races, nationalities. There's, there's nothing like that going on where I work. Um, I don't see it exploding in the streets um, throughout the areas that I drive. There's, there's no, uh, I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, I know what they're talking about. They're talking about the uh, democratic cities that they've kind of turned into uh, little Mogadishus that spread across the, the blue states. Yeah. So yeah, well. great. Awesome. Good. Awesome. What so, else you got? Well, um, I mean, there's just so much of this. I mean, we might as well just stay with it for now. But uh, conservative oh, you got black happier? Yeah. <laughs> conservative black leaders call attacks on new Georgia voting reform, a law of misinformation. Um, 
A group of 21 black leaders defended Georgia's recently passed voting law in a letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Members on Tuesday calling criticism in such laws a campaign to sow division and misinformation. So at least, you know, we have something happening. But <laughs> then the, the pushback against it was was brutal. Um, but it has become cl- this is what um, the community leaders wrote. It has become clear that even well-intentioned critics of a law simply have no idea what the law is. It is clear that they have... No idea how favorably Georgia's new law compares to with most other states, including President Biden's home state of Delaware. And it's clear they have no idea that the majority of black voters across the country support the key provisions uh, provisions under attack by critics. The simple requirement that voters be able to identify themselves when voting. This is the same simple requirement needed to pick up baseball tickets or board a plane. And as the letter continued, Georgia Georgia voting law, like so many others, being pursued by Republicans in the state house across the country is a blatant attack on the right to vote to the Constitution and, and good conscience. It's Jim Crow, the 21st century, and it must end is what was Biden's reply. I think you guys know. So, right. yeah. And, and you know what? I'm glad but, you brought that up because there was actually sorry, a. Uh, huh? I, I, I didn't. I should have put that in front, but you guys get the message. No, that's all right. There's a great uh, clip because uh, Ted Cruz had the opportunity to talk to Stacey uh, Abrams. Uh, I think this was either earlier today or yesterday, um, but it's a great clip. We'll play it in a moment. But just to give you a little context of what you're talking about, I actually, after I pulled that clip and sent it to G, I'm like, you know what? I've never seen the speech that Stacey Abrams gave the night of the election in 2018 when she lost to, uh, to what's his name? Brian Kemp. Right. And I'm like, let me, let me educate myself. And I did. And I watched it. I think it was about 12 minutes long. It was worth the time because she made a lot of sense. And you might find this crazy, but everything she talked about, about making sure the people did have the opportunity to vote, that their votes were protected, that they weren't turned away. Everything that she talked about is in this law. And it's amazing that she's not, she's not championing this thing, championing, uh, champion, championing, championing. Uh, superfluous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the chair. Um, but I'm surprised she's not fully behind this thing uh, because you know, everything that she mentioned. I wish you had people, that clip. We could dissect it tonight. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll try and break some clips off tomorrow because not only is she, not only is she, is she dead on accurate? And again, I feel like, wow, she could be a great leader if she believed what she's saying. Because her actions, excuse me? Okay. Uh, because her actions don't support what she said that night. So it's kind of crazy to, to kind of put them back and forth. But uh, speaking of Ted Cruz and Stacey Abrams, thanks, G, for reminding me. Let's play this real quick. G. Ms. Abrams. It's been over two years, and you still refuse to concede that you lost the race for governor in Georgia in 2018. You have said that, quote, you do not concede that the process was proper, and that, quote, they stole it from the voters of Georgia. Yes or no, today, do you still maintain that the 2018 Georgia election was stolen? As I have always said, I acknowledged at the very beginning that I, that Brian Kemp, one under the rules that were in place. 
what I object to are rules that permitted thousands of Georgia voters to be denied their participation in this election or to have their votes cast out. And so I will continue to disagree with the system until it is fixed. We have seen market progress made, and unfortunately, it was undone in SB202. But I will continue to advocate for a system that permits every eligible Georgian to cast their ballots. M- M- Ms. Abrams, I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you Stop there real to, quick, G, because what she said right there, Paul, is exactly correct. It's what she said that night. And she said it eloquently. She said it, you know, directly. There was no mixing of messages. There was no, you know, she wasn't like trying to, you know, use a word salad on anybody. That's exactly what she said. And she's just backing it up. So, so, but she, she didn't answer his question. So go ahead. Yeah, right. Please answer the question I asked, which is, do you, (laughs) yes or no, do you still maintain the 2018 election was stolen? That's your language. My full language was that it was stolen from the voters of Georgia. We do not know what they would have done because not every eligible Georgian was permitted to participate fully in the election. So you also told the New York Times that your loss, quote, was fully attributable to voter suppression. Uh, Ms. Abrams, do you know in Georgia whether the percentage of of African-American Georgians who are registered to vote and who turned out to vote is it higher or lower than the national average? It is higher than the national average because Georgia is one of the largest states with an African-American population. But it, it, that's not tied to the size of the population. The percentage of black Georgians who are registered to vote in 2018 is 64.7%. That compares to 60.2% as the national average. The percentage of Georgians who voted in 2018, the election you claim was stolen from you, was 56.3%. That's higher than the national average of 48%. Let me ask you this, Ms. Abrams. In 2018, do you know which demographic group in Georgia had the highest registration percentage and the highest turnout percentage? I have a guess, but I will defer to you for the answer. (laughs) The answer is African-Americans had the highest registration and the highest turnout, despite your claiming that the election was stolen and there was somehow voter suppression. All right, there you have it. Again, when you see her real speech, you'll be amazed. We'll be back. More Sports Next, LFS6B, Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, drawing to a close, the end of Hour 1. Hey, i got to remind you, uh, because I keep forgetting to do it, our Mother's Day contest. Yeah. Yes. It's pinned to the uh, Facebook page, LFS6B. All you got to do is go there. You can uh, join in, try to register, register and win something for your mom. The Mother's Day contest giveaway live from Studio 6B. You can see all the information right there. Last night it was over 1,300, but uh, I don't have my Joe Biden uh, card with a number on it. Nobody gave me one, so I don't know what it's up to tonight. But I'm sure people are are signing up and... uh, you know, it's your opportunity to get your, your mom something cool from the show, but don't let that be your only gift to your mom. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we don't draw the winner till after Mother's Day. It'd be like, hey, mom, I got you something. You just have to wait till I get it for free. That would be a bad look. Right? <laughs> All right. Uh, Paul's going to have more news, but right now it is time for Rick Amorati and Sports. All right. Rick, what's going on? So instead of Big D, it's Rick D. And uh, hey, don't be afraid to get your mama's Slick Rick sports shirt, too. I mean, they're going pretty fast. And uh, we got the mugs or we got the you, water bottles. Hey, or you know if what? She drinks coffee. 
Yeah. Imagine mom waking up to slick Rick Putting in the a lips on. Hey, Slip purple's right. a great color. <laughs> Everybody loves purple. All right, MLB scores. Phillies, uh, these are all finals, by the way. Phillies over the Giants, 6-5. to five. Andrew Knapp with the walk-off single to uh, left to score Bryce Harper for the win. Phillies up 6-5. They won. Uh, Marlins over the Orioles, 3 nothing. Rookie Trevor Rogers went seven uh, shutout innings for Miami. Pirates over the Tigers, 3-2 to two in near-freezing Detroit. Boy, the Midwest. The weather in the Midwest today was vicious with snow and what have you. Uh, Rockies over the Astros, 6-3 with flurries in the air. Twins and Athletics, uh, boy, the uh, super hot A's took it into the 10th inning. Uh, it was 12-11 last I looked. I'll get an update on that. I'll, I think that game probably just went final. Uh, Nationals over the Cardinals, 1-0. Rangers 7-4 over the Angels. Brewers 4-2 over the Padres. Sixth inning, Yankees 2-0 over the Braves. Um, sixth inning also, Reds over the Diamondbacks, 3-0. I got some snow in Cincinnati, too, yesterday. Ohio took a lot of snow on. Uh, and uh, game two of that doubleheader, the Tigers right now over the Pirates, 4-2 in the sixth. Blue Jays, 4-0 over the Red Sox, second. Mets, 2-0 over the Cubbies in the third. And Rays, 4-0 over the Royals in the second inning. NHL action. Just one game right now in action, and that's the Predators over the Blackhawks 2-1. to one. Wild and Coyotes. Wild Coyotes at 9 o'clock. And we have the Sharks visiting the Golden Knights at 9.30. And Canadians go out to Edmond at 10 o'clock on the West Coast. NBA action. Raptors and uh, Nets right now. Raptors leading 92-81 in the third. Um, the Pacers over the Thunder, 93-86, also third. Warriors, 74-72 over the Wizards. That's in the third. Suns and 76ers. Uh, Suns lead by one third. Uh, Bulls right now trail the Cavaliers by 30 in the third, 94-64. Jazz 47-32 over the Rockets. That's in the second. Hawks and Knicks 46-42. Hawks leading that. Heat and Spurs just underway, tied at eight. And Pistons and Mavs also just tipped off 14-12. Pistons with the two-point lead. Nuggets at the Trailblazers. Timberwolves at the Kings. And Grizzlies out at the Staples Center to take on the Clippers. Those games all start at 10 p.m. Speaking of NBA, Nets James Harden out indefinitely after hamstring setback. This is from Zach Wasink of Yard Barker. Yard Barker is a great site. You get all your sports. You can customize with your own teams. Highly recommend it for our sports fans. Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden was a most valuable player candidate before he re-aggravated a previous hamstring injury playing against the New York Knicks on April 5th. Harden was averaging 25.2 points, 10.9 assists, and 8 rebounds per game. Almost a triple-double. Harden has been sidelined since, and the club confirmed on Tuesday that he suffered a setback on Monday and now is out indefinitely. We're back to square one, Nets coach Steve Nash told reporters ahead of Tuesday's game at the New Orleans Pelicans per an ESPN story. And the Nets will make the playoffs as they only trail the Sixers by a half game right now. Um, and like I said, they're both in action tonight. Brooklyn will definitely be there, but having Harden uh, is really going to help them out. And yeah. I'm sure he'll be back for the playoffs. Who, who doesn't think that team is uh, kind of cursed? <laughs> yeah, right? Between Kyrie Irving, you know, he set out for a while. Then yep. Durant. Durant's had issues with his hamstring then and Achilles. Got, then you got uh, Kyrie who just decides, oh, I, I'm going to take a personal day for a week and then he disappears. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, got, more, you, this... he, he got more sick days than Paul Nolan. <laughs> hey, Paul, whoa, I love whoa, whoa, you. Whoa, oh, no, 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 I have no, to no. address that. These, I don't take sick days. <laughs> I take well days. 
Yeah, if I feel better. terrible, I come in here and suck it up. If I feel terrific, I go out and act like a fool. <laughs> Paul is the hardest working man in showbiz. Trust me, he's got his sports show. He does a lot of stuff. Yahoo Sports 2021 Indianapolis 500 set to be biggest event since COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic began with 135,000 fans. This is from Nick Bromberg. Uh, a year after the historic race was moved to August and held without fans because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Indianapolis Motor Speedway announced Wednesday that the May 30th race would be held with 135,000 fans in attendance. That six-figure number will make it far and away the most attended sporting event since the pandemic began. Alabama's April 18th football spring game is currently the highest attended post-pandemic event with over 47,000 fans. We're not going to count the WWE with 50,000 fans and the Raymond James Center. We're going to talk about uh, you know professional sports. I know WWE is professional, but you know talking about you know competitive sports. Uh, the 135,000 is just a fraction of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because that's only 40%. They actually can handle up to 300,000 fans there. But, you know, leave it to good old racing to uh, bring back the fans. Love it. Uh, and Justin Fields tells NFL teams he's managing epilepsy. This is from Aaron Walsh, also of Yardbarker. Oh, Just one week uh, before the NFL draft, it's been revealed that Ohio State product Justin Fields has been managing epilepsy. Um, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Fields confirmed his condition with NFL teams throughout draft, the draft process. The condition has now not affected him on the field, and he's expected to outgrow it as his family members have in their 20s. Um, you know, he's, he's slated to go top probably five, possibly top two or three. Uh, something that I think teams are going to have to take into consideration. However, he's been managing it. There's medication for it. So uh, we wish him well. He's a good-looking quarterback out of Ohio State. Not my number one choice. You know, I'd probably go with Trevor Lawrence, but um, he's definitely a good-looking quarterback. Yeah, but, but that's going to affect is, – is, is he on the board for the Jets or what? Uh, I I think the Jets are looking at the, the um, I think they're looking at the other gentleman from uh, Brigham Young. That doesn't um, have epilepsy. Yeah, um, and Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I got to bring Chauvin into this too. Las Vegas Raiders uh, exor- exoriated for a bizarre tweet after Chauvin verdict. This is from Josephine Harvey, a reporter from HuffPost. Not my favorite, but I had to pull it off HuffPost. The Las Vegas Raiders sent out a bizarre tweet yesterday that prompted a furious uproar online after the conviction of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. The tweet showed a black and white graphic that read, "I can breathe." Above Tuesday's oh. date, this, I'm sure you guys. Volts heard about this by now when we talked yep. about it with LeBron. Um, the tweet was pinned at the top of the NFL team's account, even after scores of commenters called on the team to delete the message. In just over an hour, the graphic was retweeted more than 40,000 times. Critics sharing the message called for it being in poor taste, noting that the accountability for Floyd's murder does not bring him back or serve justice for hundreds of other black people killed by police. Uh, some likened it to widely panned comments from Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier yesterday, which we ran the clip earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they were comparing it to that that silliness and uh but um you know Raiders owner Mark Davis uh he's taken full responsibility and he said yep that's my tweet and uh you know we wanted to roll with it so not not a good look for the Raiders I have to tell you and again another example of just because you can speak doesn't mean you should speak exactly and especially on something like that he, he pins it to the top people are telling him take it down and he's probably like oh did you see my tweet Yep. You check that out? Is that cool? 
crazy. He, he probably thought it was the greatest thing. Oh, I'm sure. Sure. You know, the Raiders always trying to be, oh. uh, you know, kind of controversial. Amazing. Um, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, just uh, real quick, Rafael Nadal, he advanced in the Barcelona Open. And once again, Rick, I want to thank you for that Sports Illustrated. That's on my Twitter about Prince when he played basketball. It was great. It's called Dimes, as in shooting dimes, yeah. and Pearls, which is a 1991 album for Prince hit album, Diamonds and Pearls. And uh, yep, rest in peace, Prince, after five years. Yeah, five years ago artist. today was yep. uh, the date of his death. And, uh, you know, those things happen. Gee, let's roll out of here. Um, real quick, too. There's a great link on there. If you've never seen the Chappelle show, the uh, Charlie Murphy real oh, yeah, sh- shirts, shirts versus real, blouses. Real stories. Phenomenal classic clip tells a story, and it, that story has actually been confirmed by people who were there. Yes, oh, great, Paul, great, you great. Take us out? No, we're good. Uh, <laughs> oh shoot. We'll be back in minutes. We're not on the socials tonight. Sorry about that. But stick around. Watch these messages. And uh, back with hour two for you. Mr. Nolan. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. We're also on the Roku channel. If you go to the Roku channel, we'll be right there. You're just going to find us. Uh, Also watch us on the Real America's Voice app. And uh, again, it is a Wednesday night sitting in for Damon, of course. That would be me because I'm in his chair. But of course, we do have Paul Nolan with news. Rick Amirati did sports. Great sports report there, Rick. And, you you know, I got to remind you. If, if, you're, if you haven't seen it yet, go to the uh, LFS6B Facebook page if you want to uh, jump into the Mother's Day contest giveaway. There it is, Mother's Day contest uh, giveaway live from Studio 6B. You can register there. Your chance to win. I think there's going to be five winners. Is that what uh, Damon said, G? I think he said last night there'll be five winners chosen, but they're chosen uh, after five Mother's Day. Five winners now. <laughs> <laughs> they're chosen after Mother's Day. So if you think, oh, this is good, unless you're not going to see your mom for a week and you end up winning, that then you can cover yourself. But you know what? Get the flowers, the card, and all, whatever else you might want to get her. And this could be an add-on gift later. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, though, definitely go to the Facebook page. It's pinned to the top of the page there, and you can enter right there online, and good luck. Hopefully you'll win. Uh, Paul Nolan is here with news, and uh, Paul, what do we got? Well, I want to switch gears over to uh, Biden set to push critical race theory in U.S. schools by Stanley Kurtz over at National Review. I mean, is that not stunning? (laughs) It's going to be a national mandate. So, you know, for me, um, I... I just think the market's going to awake and people are just going to create liberty schools and they're going to be private schools and it's going to force people out of the system because it's 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 crazy. The woke revolution in classrooms is about to go federal, but in a, in a revelatory move, President Biden's Department of Education is signals its intent to impose the most radical forms of critical race theory on American schools, uh, very much including in the 1619 Project and the so-called anti-racism um, and uh, Abram X um, uh, 
anti-racism uh, advocate, uh, the massive end of it, what was that expansion of the reverse discrimination. Uh, Biden is so obviously co-opting conservatives' interest in reviving traditional U.S. history and civics to deliver its perfect opposite, the federal imposition of the very ideas conservatives aim to combat. And if you want to take it from there, I'll keep going. <laughs> Biden's Department of Education has just released a text of the proposed new rule establishing priorities for grants in American history, civics education programs, the rules that give priority to grants uh, projects and incorporate ra- racially, ethnically, culturally and linguistically diverse perspectives. The rule goes on to cite and praise New York Times landmark 1619 project as well as the work of critical uh, race theorist Kendi and leading example of sort of ideas that Biden's administration wants to, to spread. I mean, I can go on here if you guys want to comment on this thing, because this is the ultimate in Marxism. This is the ultimate. Let's get the little kids to be divided instantly right. yep. and cons- consistently give people this Silly little duopoly that either you're A or you're B. It's up or it's down. It's right or it's left. There's no critical thinking left. And this is going to be, this is the, this is the, this is what we thought the end was the end. This is, the dirt is covering the cask, the last nail that's already been in the casket that's in the ground. Right. Yeah, it, it is it, uh, stunning, really, when, when you see how far they are pushing this nonsense, this garbage, this 1619. Pro- hey, you know what? Okay, take your 1619 project and uh, go talk to the people who were in charge back in 1619. Guess what? The United States did not exist in 1619. Right. No, we came into existence eh, around 1776, and then after that, and then everything got put together, and then the government finally got put together after the war. Um, so if you want to go talk to the Dutch, Maybe the Spanish, maybe the English. Uh, go, go, go over to Europe. Talk to them about their critical race theory because that's who you should be directing this at. Yeah. As far as we're concerned here, and this is where the parents need to really step up and say, you know what? Um, I don't want my child being told that they're a racist, but they don't know it. Yeah. Teachers are being told, oh, you know what? You're actually a racist. You just don't know it. So admit you're a racist. Sign this piece of paper like they're forcing teachers to do in New York City. And take and, a knee while you're at it. Right, yeah. And, and, and then maybe we'll let you continue teaching. But you have, to con- you have to concede you are a racist even though you're not. I'm sorry, but this is... And you're right with, with the way they're trying to divide people. They're trying to break them down. It's the... And I can't believe you said it the other, was it last night, where you're like, eh, maybe I, I really want to go on that cruise. Maybe I'll take it. I'm like, Paul, don't take the show. Mm. Because that's really? what they want to do. They want to, they want to break you down. Yeah, they're going to break you well. It's like, yeah, oh, what, you don't want to live? You don't want to live your life? Yeah. But I know I'm not doing it. We already canceled it. Canceled right. the cruise. It's over. There you go. But, um, but, this, is, but this is the way we take a stand. Whether it's parents getting in the, in the administration, in the school administration's face saying, you know what, we're paying you. You're not going to do this. And if you do, we're all going to pull out our kids. And then you're going to have to explain what the hell's going on here. Um, because you know what? The schools depend on that funding based on the, the attendance records they keep. And if your kids aren't showing up for school, they're not getting the funding. And they're going to react. Always hit them in the pocketbook. Where else can you hit them? The woke the, the Coca-Colas of the world. Make those those companies now become Broca-Cola. 
go to Delta. Say, you know what? You want to have this passport? Go to America. <laughs> I'm going to fly somebody else who's not requiring it. Because you know what? Those those other CEOs are going to be like, hey, my uh, my, my stockholders are, are, are looking at this saying, hey, look what's happening at Delta. We're not going to do this, are we? Because then they might be out of a job. So um, th- that's the only way we can make we can we can make ourselves uh, you know heard is through the pocketbook, the power of the purse, as yeah. they call it. Well, you know, I actually wrote a letter because I'm a big hockey fan and my kids love it and it's a family thing we do. We give season tickets. The Islanders for years have been in the worst arena in hockey. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I love it. It's my, it's our yeah. old barn. I the love old barn. I mean, it's great for seeing a game, but there's bathroom lines are brutal. The food is greasy and terrible. It's there's nowhere to walk or move, but it's the best place to see a game because it's a tiny, loud, exciting arena. However, finally got a state-of-the-art arena, something Islander fans have dreamed of. My kids are thrilled about it. I got season tickets for them, and I just sent them a letter saying I didn't know I was going to be forced to get drugged to enter your arena. I'm letting you know if you guys implement that, I am out. My four seats at Center Rice are out. And then uh, there's, I, you know, there's a group of us. There's, right now, there's like 400 people have all signed on and said they're not going to be season ticket holders, but it doesn't look like it's going to help us because, well, we'll see. We'll see. But right now, they sold all their season tickets out yeah. for the new arena, which let's see what happens. Either they need us or they don't. But I'm not doing it. Well, you know what? Doing it. 400 is going to grow to 500. And the more you guys spread that around, the more that starts to seep out that, hey, people are saying, I'm not doing this. Um, there's going to be power there. Yeah. Power to determine, um, you know what? You guys are not going to, you know, do what we don't want you to do. We don't want to be forced to take a drug. Like you said, we don't want to be drugged up. It's let's just put it in perspective, right? Let's just, you know, we're changing gears from the critical race theory. But um, if we change gears on this for a second, think about the logic. People with good immunities, strong, healthy, virile and fearless want to be out in the world to move. But they got to be punished for the fat, the weak, the elderly, the people who don't take care of themselves. We have to acquiesce to the unhealthy, in what world, in what hierarchy ever has the weak been celebrated and advanced and the and the strong have been pushed down and been None. forced to comply? None. It's it's bizarro world. The fundamental like thought process behind it all is just pure insanity to me. I eat my vitamins, I say my prayers, I'm a little hook of maniac out there. <laughs> and I and I just I don't I don't do anything. I mean, I got a regimen of vitamins early noon day. I've been doing it for 20-something years. And I'm going to get punished because I don't want to take your experimental drug. It's just psychotic to me. Yeah. You know? and, and you know where that where, where that actual that's practiced? In socialist countries where they, they bring up, they promise the weak yeah. and the sick. Oh, we're going to – bad – People who take care of themselves and people who have money, uh, they're evil. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of them. They you. want the average. Right. They just want to create the average. And that's never been what America really or what liberty or what being a human has ever been, been about. It's just it's it's uh, you know, that's what happens. The when you try to create the average through central planners, all you get it, you know, is is below average. Yeah, is below average. It just brings everybody down because it, it it destroys it destroys the good to reward the the bad, and the bad never gets better. 
It just gets added to. You're just adding more bad to the bad pile. Oh, that's great. Now how are we doing? Well, we're almost equal. We're almost to everybody being in the same bad situation. Oh, cool. Keep it up. It's uh, stunning. It's yeah. just truly stunning. Amazing stuff. Um, I was going to do a little more on this. We want to talk about the, uh, the, the study that former... Stanford, or um, you want to get to something else? I would love to do that, but I think it's it's a long one, um, so I don't think we're going to have time for it. Yeah. Uh, what do we have time for? Hey, hey, G, how long is this George Bush thing? Oh God! All right, this guy. Let's let's do a quick quick little hit on George Bush yeah, let's because let's face it, he's a uh, he's a globalist. I think yeah, you said it earlier. Oh yeah, forget about it. I mean, his family has been like part of the whole planning of all the, the destruction of. Of America and and the corporatization of it all and the globalism all it's just it's comical. Well, and to back up your point, this there, puppet's Paul, got an opinion. To back up your point, George Bush is here with thirty seconds of uh, just that line of thinking. G. The former president supports a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants if they pass a background check and pay back taxes. And if that were the proposal by President Biden, would you lobby your own party to support that? Well, I am right now. I um, am right now. I don't know whether my own party listens to me or not. It's another question. What party is that? <laughs> what party is that? I mean, he's the guy who endorsed Biden. Right? I mean, well, yeah. all, but, all but endorsed him. Are you kidding me with these, the Bush family? Really? It's a pathway to citizenship. Yep. Because they're not citizens, but if they were citizens, then they, they'd have citizenship. Hey, thanks. Um, but yeah, th- there he goes, you know, pushing the, the socialist, the globalist uh, agenda of, hey, let's try and get as many low-income, low, you know, lower uh, people on the economic scale. Let's bring them in and let's lower, let's build that bad base. Let's, let's continue to bring people down. Because again, like you said, his family's been in it. Since, uh, oh, I don't know, since Daddy ran the CIA, probably before that. Yeah, his, his oh, grandfather, man. Prescott, yep. Prescott Bush, and then he ran the CIA and was a, you know, globalist, and he worked for, you know, he was a wingman for, you know, you know for Goebbels, if I remember correctly. I mean, he was really connected to a lot of dark people in his ha- in his history, and then George Bush Sr. is head of CIA, and. You know, he wrote the project for the New American Century. Go ahead and read that if you can find it anymore. The project for the New American Century was a heinous document with Wolfowitz and Brzezinski and and all the neocons. So disgusting. Amazing stuff. And again, hey, thanks, George Bush. Awesome. Uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we do have a crazy town. I do want to get to that. Again, it's Jen Psaki, and G puts in so much time, and he's given so much of his time and life to Jen Psaki. We need to reward G by playing. We'll do that next. More with uh, Paul and Rick Amorati right after this, right here, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. from studio 6b on real america's voice it is a uh what is it wednesday still wednesday yeah for now yep. a couple more hours <laughs> rick emirati's here he's gonna be uh only here with us for this last break he's got a, the misfits are gonna be taking the taking the deck aren't they back in action tonight yep got a 10 right. o'clock start so i'm gonna tip out a little early tonight guys all right now are you their leading scorer 
Uh, no, you know what? Generally, I am, but this season, I'm not. I'm not having a great season. Got a little hip issue that's been slowing me down a little bit. So, but I'm gonna have a good game tonight. You got, you got a hitch in your giddy up, but you're still gonna get out there and play. See? Yes, sir. That, that's the way we roll around here. Uh, Paul Nolan's got some news. Hey, but before we do anything, let's change gears a little bit. G has been working furiously with his love from afar, Gensaki. <laughs> he is silent, of course. Uh, he watches her every day religiously. I think, I think he probably you know, wakes up in the morning and plans his day around her. Um, right, G? <laughs> his mic's off. <laughs> He's not dignifying that with an answer. Regardless, he does a great job with uh, putting together the uh, the crazy towns of the press briefing room. So let's see what he's dug up for us today. Gee, what'd you call this one? Do we lose him? <laughs> no, he. I can hear him. I can't hear him. Nobody else can. Yeah, let's let's go with this crazy town. Let's see it, G. And I understand what you're asking me is what happens in 2024, right? Or is that what you're asking me? Well, that's a long time away, but the president has every intention of getting reelected. Why should people have confidence that President Biden will be able to win over Republican support for the George Floyd bill when he hasn't been able to do so on his other legislative priorities? Like the American Rescue Plan that he passed into law? He didn't get Republican support for that. He, he didn't, but he certainly has support from the American people. And about 80% of the, almost, it's more than 70% of the American people. You're citing the fact that polling showed there was bipartisan mm-hmm. support for ARP. But in order to get the George Floyd bill passed, you need 60 votes. So I guess the question is, why should people have faith that the president will be able to get 60 votes to get the George Floyd bill passed? Well, I think what I was trying to convey, but let me try again, is that uh, the president alone cannot pass the George Floyd Policing Justice and Policing Act into law. How does he see his role in getting the George Floyd bill passed? Well, his role is to work with leaders in Congress, as he did, as he has. Once they, once they come to agreement, and we're certainly hopeful they'll do that, we'll have to take a look at what that looks like. Is President Biden potentially open to doing immigration reform through reconciliation? Well, um, this is another area where the president looks both at history and also and all, past history and also recent history and sees that there has been bipartisan support that should be about tough. moving forward in a bipartisan. She gives me a headache. They said that we need to find any other form and avenue to achieve as much as we can, and that can include reconciliation. So I guess, can you at least confirm that that did indeed come up during their meeting? That members of Congress raised this issue? No, they were saying that President Biden raised this issue and that he at least expressed some degree of support for it. Uh, uh, Well, I guess I can articulate what the president's point of view is and certainly what his intention of conveying in any private meeting was, which is that he believes there should be bipartisan support. uh, And uh, certainly the events of the last few weeks uh, elevate this as an issue we should be adapting, or not adapting to, we should be addressing as a society. Well, first I would say, and and you asked a few questions there, so let me see if I can answer all of them. Um, uh, And uh, a full, uh, in terms of conservatives' confidence in vaccine, again, this is a poll, so it's not perfect, but it was interesting data. And the point I've been trying to make, which I know you don't love, but that's okay, but to others, it's just making sure we're sending a clear message to the world about who we are. America's back. We're welcoming refugees. We need to get our muscles back working again. The president wanted wanted an assessment of whether they could do both. Right. And and this is one of the points I think maybe we were in agreement, but I think you were getting to or what I was trying to get to. Regarding yesterday, um, I 
respectfully, I, I feel like you didn't give quite a firm answer, and I wanted to try again. Okay. Uh, you were asked whether President Biden will honor his uh, Democratic primary campaign pledge to release, quote, everyone in prison for marijuana. Uh, people are skeptical that he will. Uh, President Biden is personally responsible for sending some people to prison for life for marijuana under his 1994 crime bill. And Vice President Kamala Harris oversaw 1,900 marijuana convictions in San Francisco District Attorney. So, will President Bonner, will President Biden honor his commitment to release everyone in prison for marijuana? Well, I think what I did yesterday is reiterated what his position on marijuana was. Should people in prison for marijuana who are asking President Biden to honor his pledge to release them, should they expect to be released, or are they going to serve life in prison for marijuana? Well, again, I think I've stated very clearly what the president's position is. I believe it's important to accept his own culpability. <laughs> I think I've answered your question. Go ahead. Oh. So there you have it. I guess uh, I guess the, uh, the the friendly media is uh, starting to do some follow up questions because they're they're starting to get they're starting to figure out that hey she's not really saying anything she's not answering my question. I got to tell you, I just she her voice goes through me. It's like Hillary Clinton talking now. <laughs> <laughs> Or Kamala Harris. I mean, it's just, they just say... Uh, speaking of, let's just talk about... You want, you want to do a story yeah, right now? Uh, you know, South Dakota's uh, Christy Nome has passed a... Uh, you know, she's created a ban, no uh, no vaccine passports in the state of South Dakota. Right. Uh, the governor said on April 21st she has taken executive action to put a ban on the use of digital paper documentation that enables people to show proof they've been vaccinated against the CCP virus. Um, she uh, she said the executive order she signed is uh, concerning so-called vaccine passports aligns with making sure South Dakotans are able to exercise their freedoms. So at least we're seeing, you know, a little more federalism, a little more pushback. Um, her statement was, uh, since the start of COVID-19 uh, pandemic, we have provided people in South Dakota with the up-to-date science, facts, and data, and then trusted them to exercise their own personal responsibility to make the best decisions for themselves and their loved ones. We resisted government mandates, and our state is stronger for it. Uh, I encourage all South Dakotans to get vaccinated against COVID-19, but we're not going to mandate any such activity. We are not going uh, to restrict South Dakotans' exercise of their freedoms with un-American-like policies of vaccine passports. In our state, under God, the people rule. And that is how we will operate as, as far as long as I'm governor. All, so, right. all right. Well, that's a pretty strong statement. I, I know she was taking a lot of heat for the uh, the transgender thing with, with with girls' sports, but you know, like I said, you, you gotta you gotta hang tight and see what she's see what she's trying to get out of this because maybe she is trying to make a better bill out of that thing. Uh, this in itself, the no vaccine legislation, uh, the paperwork, the the COVID passport, which we won't call a COVID passport, uh, it'll just be papers. Yeah. Um, Glad that she went ahead and yeah, pushed yeah. That, pushed that. Yeah, she's done everything right, but the mouth, you know, the 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 matter of the fact is that you can't expect any one politician to do everything that you want them to do because it just doesn't work true. like that. Right. Yeah. It's just not. It's just not reality. So. To be fair, you have to. That's true, Paul. And that's you have Florida. We have uh, uh, South Dakota. What else do we have? I think <laughs> Idaho. Idaho put that into into practice as well. Places we can visit, Paul. Yeah, I think Mississippi is is pushing back a little bit. Yep. You know what? We Texas saw Georgia. Well. Yeah, Georgia went a little bit, but a little too late. Yeah. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, so so there's there's things there's things to look forward to. And again, I take it back to the beginning of the show where it's like, hey, let's go in a different direction and try and find some positive stuff going on. Well, and I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. How about this yep. for a little bit of positive? Uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming said Nancy Pelosi is wrong for not holding Maxine Waters accountable for her comments, um, you know, about the show we were all so familiar with. And all I keep thinking to myself is, so what? Yeah. Who cares what you say? You, you <laughs> stink. Yeah, she, she she basically she basically I think she ended her career oh, she's um, because she will be primaried. I think uh, President Trump already talked about it. They're going to go and uh, get her def- unseated. She's going to get unseated, no yeah. question about it. So she has no support from the from the base. So uh, uh, again, uh, Rick Amorati is going to be leaving us now. Uh, it's our opportunity to say good luck, Rick. Thank you, gents. Hey, and do me a favor. You know, with that busted hip of yours, yeah. don't go blocking <laughs> shots tonight. I won't. <laughs> All right, maybe some stretch passes from the blue line up, but let's yeah. not see you running like a lunatic tonight. Maybe Thanks, cherry bro. pick a little. You know, don't play exactly. so much D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap things up for this. Guys, we'll be right back after this. And uh going to miss you, Rick. Miss you guys. Don't miss me. Have a good rest of the show. Sign up for the contest. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Pluto Channel 240, Dish Network Channel 219. You can also watch us live on the Real America's Voice News app, which means you get to watch it online. And you can also, there's a comment section on there as well. Uh, Also, find us on uh, Roku, the Roku channel. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, uh, we're not on there tonight. But if you do go to our page, pinned on there is the Mother's Day contest. A few more days for you to get uh, signed up and hopefully win something snazzy for mom. Yeah. Yeah, and sign up. Let's get a bunch of sign-ups today because this way we can, like, really brag to Damon that you guys love us and <laughs> right. that he stinks. And, and that uh, if, we can get a, if we guys can get everybody in there to, to sign up, it might make us look good. We're going to get a raise. Yeah, we, we, we might get a shekel or two out of it. <laughs> It'll be nice. Um, Not likely. <laughs> and, and again, I got to mention that Rick Emirati just uh, had to blow out of here. He's going to do a he's going to go play his game. Go misfits. But this is Damon's worst nightmare. Me and Paul by ourselves <laughs> you ain't kidding <laughs> so let's start with look look up the project for the new american century oh, I'm sorry. but uh no it, it, in all honesty though there's some some great stuff that uh we're trying to get to uh things that uh you know maybe you haven't come across and that's why we're here to do what we do uh one of these stories and this is one that caught me by complete surprise had no idea until I came across this this morning, and I thought, what the heck is going on here? And this, has come, this comes from Yahoo News. It says the Postal Service, the U.S. Postal Service, is running a covert operations program that monitors Americans' social media posts. Now, I don't know about you, but if that doesn't, if that's not a head-scratcher, I really don't don't know what is i mean i mean i'm sure you're probably thinking what do you mean the the post office is monitoring social media yeah exactly that's exactly what we're talking about from the article the law enforcement arm of the u.s postal service has been quietly 
running a program that tracks and collects American social media posts, including those about planned protests, according to a document obtained by Yahoo News. The details of this surveillance effort known as ICOP, Internet Covert Operations Program. Again, this is the U.S. Postal Service. The Postal Service that is running to the ground, uh, constantly running in the red. They're so, they're so bad at their job that another company came in, FedEx, and was able to charge twice as much and outwrote them. Right. Sales. Unbelievable. You got one job. And this isn't it. As I mentioned, it's called I, ICOP, basically, I-C-O-P. Uh, the work involves having analysts trawl through social media sites. Again, who, who says the Postal Service is supposed to do this? Uh, to look at what the document describes as inflammatory postings and then sharing that information across government agencies. The, the article states, analysts within the U.S. Postal Service Inspection Service Internet Covert Operations Program monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, says the March 16th government bulletin, uh, marked as a law enforcement sensitive and distributed through the Department of Homeland Security. Locations and times have been identified for these protests and have been distributed online across multiple platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor and telegram accounts, Paul. A number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of the worldwide rally for freedom and democracy. Well, that sounds positive, right? A rally for freedom? I think we can all agree freedom sounds like a good thing. Democracy? Yeah, I think that sounds like a good thing, right? Not too shabby. We'll kind of stand behind those two. Uh, To protest everything from lockdown measures to 5G. Parlor users have been commented, have commented about their intent to use rallies to engage in violence. The piece goes on. Um, No intelligence is available to suggest the legitimacy of these threats, though. The bulletin includes screenshots of posts, blah, blah, blah. ICOP analysts are currently monitoring the social media channels for any potential threats stemming from the scheduled protest and will disseminate intelligence updates as needed, the uh, bulletin says. The, uh, it seems a little bizarre, agreed Rachel Levinson-Waldman, deputy director of the Brennan Center for Justice, Liberty, and National Security Program. That's a mouthful. Based on the way minimal information that's available online, it appears that ICOP is meant to root out misuse of the postal system by online actors, which doesn't seem to encompass what's going on here. It's not clear why their mandate would include monitoring social media that's unrelated to the use of the postal system. The quote goes on. She also questioned the legal authority of the postal service to monitor social media activity. If the individuals they're monitoring are carrying out or planning on criminal activity, that should fall under the purview of the FBI, she said. If they simply are engaging in lawfully protected speech, even if it's odious or objectionable, then monitoring them on a basis raises serious constitutional concerns. And the piece goes on. It's a long piece. And again, it takes you back to this whole surveillance state. The 1984, the, the V for... Uh, you know, Beef of Vendetta, yeah. and this a whole Brave thing. New World. I mean, it's every dystopian thing rolled into one. It's just, 
It's just crazy, man. It, it, and it all looks like it's all just been this, like, all right, let's. this is the plan. They have think tanks that are smartest people in the world, planning out, a, a, mapping out exactly how things are going to go. And if A happens or B happens, they got a flow chart that shows them exactly, all right, if the public reacts this way, if there's too much pushback, we give them this. And it just feels so orchestratedly awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> And so, and again, that piece is uh, from Yahoo News. If you want to look it up, unfortunately, I don't have a way to. Uh, I, I guess I could post it on my Gab account, Gab uh, at Ugly American Radio or Ugly American Radio at Gab, I should say. Um, but there's a follow up that I was able to find just before showtime on Gateway Pundit, and it, and it talks about the reported uh, Yahoo story about the U.S. Postal Inspection Service spying on conservative Americans, but they think they may have pieced together where the Postal Service is getting the information, or at least some of the information, on the individuals that they've been targeting. Um, it says last year, only days before the Republican convention, the deep state Democrat lovers in the government this time, blah, 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 uh, their charges, they, they, they targeted a Mr. Bannon. Now, by targeting Mr. Bannon, what they were looking for was to try and connect people. And one of the people is, is this gentleman called um, Mr. Colfidge. He is a war hero. They targeted this guy. Why? Well, because uh, I guess he had, I guess he's got a, a quite a, he had quite a few, uh, you know, quite a few friends, quite a reach uh, with what he was doing. What was really was shocking was the way that they arrested Mr. Colfidge in his home. As reported at the time, and this is a story I don't remember even seeing. They barged 15, in his house. Huh? They barged in with no warrant. Fifteen members of the New York United States Postal Inspection Service showed up at Brian Culfidge's doorstep to arrest him on August 20th of 2020. It took 15 USPIS officers to arrest, get this, a triple amputee war hero in a wheelchair at home with his wife and two children. They dragged him to a car, forced him to pull himself into it. They didn't allow him to grab his prosthetic legs or provide a vehicle that would allow him to use his wheelchair. In the rain in front of his wife and two young children's, Colfidge carried himself to the car and pulled himself in. Now, accordingly... Um, That's disgusting. Aside from being disgusting, they used this opportunity to search his residence... And they scoured his house, took information from his computers, including a list of all the individuals, mostly conservative, who donated to the We Build the Wall project. This list included millions of conservatives. And there you have it, is the list of, I guess, what the U.S. Postal Service has been using to, uh, to target people. Basically, all they have currently is some circumstantial evidence. Um, but we do know that, you know, Brian Colfidge was targeted and he was arrested, according to this report. So, again, another example of, of the government. <laughs> oh, you know, what, what did Ronald Reagan say? The, the most nine dangerous, most nine uh, dangerous, nine yeah. most dangerous words in the English language. I'm Trust from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. 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 Well, look, in, in a kind of related story, the Virginia police office that uh, was fired after donating money to the defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse. The North Fork uh, police officer, William Kelly, made an anonymous donation of $25 to the fund in September of 2020. 
Uh, this is an, uh, by an investigation from The Guardian. The donate, donation was attached with a message that made about one month after the incident that said, God bless, thank you for your courage, keep your head up, you've done nothing wrong. Every rank-and-file police officer supports you. Don't be discouraged by the actions of the political class of law enforcement leadership. So, I mean, this guy now is now fired for making a, an anonymous donation. How in God's name is that remotely reasonable or rational? It's not. And, and I think the part that, that people should really be concerned about is the fact that, hey, this was anonymous. His name was never supposed to be released. He didn't ask for it to be released. It's crazy. So but obviously me, there's, there's mechanisms that, uh, you know, we're, and we've known it. We've seen it. We all carry one. Mechanisms for people to spy on us and, and people that don't have our best interests at heart. So now what happened with this guy? He got, he got fired. He's fired. Fired. For making out a of donation. his job. Loses his pension. And, but then if you look at like the bizarre world we're in, then you look over West in, in uh, protest of punches Portland police officer to the ground in demonstrations after Chauvin verdict. Listen to this. Uh, a police officer was punched in the face by a protester Tuesday night following the uh, conviction of, of, um, of Chauvin. A video posted by the Oregonian newspaper shows a police officer and a protester wearing all black with his face covered, arguing in the street. Upon the arrival of a second officer, the protester punches the first officer in the face, knocking him to the ground. Uh, Portland uh, police declared the protest to be unlawful assembly and threatened those who did not disperse. Nothing's happened to this guy. He's gone. So this guy punches a cop in the face, unsuspecting, knocks him to the ground with a sucker punch. And this other cop sends $25 to a kid who's defending himself, and he was dead if he didn't. Yeah. He, yeah we've, was we've, dead. All seen, we've all seen the footage. He was dead if he didn't protect himself. Yeah. I mean, what do we, what do we, and necessarily, we don't want cops, and we're not allowed to defend ourselves. It is bizarre world. Yeah. And especially if you look at a state like Maryland, which I believe just— they just passed a law that, that kind of removes that uh, immunity from police officers that then they can be personally sued. And I'm sorry, but you know what? When I heard that today, I'm like, at that point, if I were a Maryland cop, and, and I understand you got families, you got mortgages, you got things, I think collectively, they, Blue all, flow. they all just should have said, you know what? Blue flu. We're all out. Blue we retire. flu. Retire. Good luck. Have at it. Here's another example of them just doing everything in their power to destroy the will of cops, to complete the divide. And this is my point. They make lousy laws, then they hunt them down. This is unbelievable to me. I mean, yeah. has any? Uh, before we go, I wanted to mention this last night. There's a movie out uh, by a guy named Craig Saulman Sawyer called Contraland. It's on YouTube. It's going to get pulled down. It's incredible about what this former Navy SEAL does after his, his daughter was abducted by traffickers. She becomes a decoy. Together with law enforcement, they are taking down pedophiles one by one by one in a cartel of pedophilia that's over 35 to $45 billion a year. Incredible documentary. Check it out. All right. Well, you know what? We'll check it out. What's the name of it again? It's called Contraland. Contraland. Check it out, and uh, hopefully you get to see it before they pull it down, because, you know, you're not allowed to watch stuff they don't approve of. Probably like us. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Quick break. Last segment coming up next. We'll be right back. Stay there.
Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Lining up for the final segment of the evening. Man, it's been fast, right, Paul? Yeah. Ah. All right. Damon's going to be back tomorrow goes, night. Goes fast without the big guy looming over your shoulder, giving <laughs> you that look. Don't say anything. He's looming over your shoulder because he's looking at that brownie saying, give me a piece. <laughs> I'm not sure. That, hey, we're going to be mine. back uh, again tomorrow night. Full house, of course. Rick Amarati is going to be back with sports. He is uh, right now on his way to his uh, Misfits game. So good luck, Rick. Hopefully you uh, pick up a couple goals. And, and uh, hope you take four Advil before you play with that hip hopping around. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, Damon will be back tomorrow night. Your your chance to uh, get your mom something cool from the show. We still have that going on. LFSXP on the Facebook page. The Mother's Day giveaway contest. Feel free to sign up for that. I don't know if there's a limit uh, how many times you can sign up, but uh, you know, if maybe if it's limited to one, then share it with your siblings. Say, you know what, together. Each one of those actions on the page there is worth a certain number of entries. There you go. Even better. Thank you, G. Did everybody hear that or just me? Yeah, everybody heard that. Okay, good. So it's right there on the page, pinned to the top of the LFS6B Facebook page. So make sure you get over there and check it out. Uh, The socials will be back tomorrow night as well. Again, technical glitch tonight. We'll be back on Twitchy, on Facebook, so you'll be able to yell at us and tell us how terrible we look. That's okay. Um, Usually we go to sports, but since we don't have sports, I've got a video clip. Let's go. How Let's about roll that? that. Uh, this is from uh, Resident Biden and uh, talking about the pandemic because we haven't talked about that today at all. And that is cut number 26. G, go with that, please. Back in December, I set a goal of administering 100 million shots, vaccine shots, in my first 100 days in office. At the time, some told us that couldn't be done. It was awfully ambitious, but we except, did it in 58 days. Yeah, except for the people the that said, hey, we're already doing a million a day. And so I set a second goal to deliver 200 million Let's shots stay awake. in my first 100 days in office. The goal unmatched in the world or in prior mass vaccination efforts in American history. <clears throat> when tomorrow's vaccine and vaccination numbers come out, we will show that today... We did it. Today, we We hit 200 million shots and the 92nd day in office. 200 million shots (laughs) in 100 days, in under 100 days, actually. It's an incredible achievement for the nation, and here's the context. You know, at the pace we're moving when I took office, it would have taken us more than 220 days, almost seven months, seven and a half months, to reach 200 million shots. Instead of marking this uh, milestone in April, we would not have uh, seen it until early September at the earliest. Some experts say that the rapid vaccination effort has already saved tens of thousands of American lives. We'll never know exactly, but we know it saved lives. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was like one of those like bad testimonials on like a sh- crappy toothpaste commercial. I certainly swear that this toothpaste has changed my life. Uh, this un- is the best thing that I've ever done for oral care. Right. Uh, the only thing missing is that this is not an actor. Good God, he is dead, man. What a, what a joke! It, but it's amazing. Eighty and, million and, votes, and it goes back to uh, something Damon's brought up. And he's railed on about is what exactly have you done, Joe? Because this program was already set in motion. Everything was set up. 
from what it sounds like, he's he's plagiarized. He's trying to take uh, he's trying to take credit for Operation Warp Speed. He just won't say Operation Warp Speed because if he knows if he does, then he's got to say. Nuh. Wait a sec, Joe plagiarizing? No, no way. way. No way. Way, brah. No way. <laughs> so there, there you have another piece of uh, again, and, and this is this is the craziness, the bizarro world that Paul mentioned earlier that we're we're living in here, where people are, you know, and we've seen it play out other places where they just keep trying to take credit for things or tell you things aren't what they really are. You can see them. Here's the hand in front of your face. They're going to tell you that's not your hand in front of your face. That's your foot. Oh. Two plus two is five. Right. This two is the whole. Two is five. The whole game is to try and make you believe that they're actually doing something when we all know full well that they're really not doing much. And I, and, and you know, I've I've said this before as well that you know that's one of the greatest things from the tr- Trump presidency is showing us everything that the government claims to say that they do. And you can see it now. And, and it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, wow. Because, you know, for a while there, um, early in my youth, early 20s, I was, uh, I was having a gun. No, no. I was, <laughs> no, believe me. I wouldn't be able to have a discussion if I did that. I'd be curled up in a corner giggling. Um, that, uh, I'm, a, I'm a giggler. What can I say when it comes to that? Um, having this discussion with a friend of mine, uh, this guy named Chuck, and he was a big gun advocate. We were young 20s. And my whole, my whole thing was like, well, why do we need... And this is, you know, I was, I was kind of green around the, around the edges, you know? I was like, why do we need... Why does everybody need the... Why can't we just have them stored someplace? And if you need it, you go get it. Uh, the, again, young, dumb, didn't realize, you know, uh, didn't really kind of put all the pieces together. Didn't understand why the Second Amendment was actually put there. And it wasn't put there for hunting. And it wasn't put there for skeet shooting and, and stuff like that. It was put there because of people like Joe Biden. People oh. like George Bush. Who grow the size of government to where it reaches into your into your life, like the Postal Service is reaching into people's lives in capacities they're not supposed to be doing it. Well, the, the framers built the Constitution based on everything they could find from a historical perspective, and they knew that government was a necessary evil. They knew that it was inherently bad, but they knew that they could write it in a way that could protect freedom for as long as possible— it couldn't be circumvented. Now, was it perfect? No, but it was darn near close to it. We haven't seen anything like it. And if it wasn't for, like, it was, I always rail on the money system, right? there, there would be no stopping it. We, innovation would be through the roof, and people would be free, and every, there wouldn't be starving people. It's just, it would just be, it would be, poverty would be so rare. And, uh, you know, when you when you look at what's going on now, it, it's, it's all just, everything is being done by these monolithic corporate structures who are just so beyond... The Constitution, and it's, it's 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 all part of the same thing. It's just like these bloated governments now that they're, they're circumventing it through right. a corporate overthrow, right? Which in, is basically fascism when you when you it's look at exactly it. what it is. And what they do is is they say, well, you know what? Yeah, there's only six companies that own all the media. Boy, it'd be real terrible if we change some uh, legislation here, introduce some legislation, and introduce more competition. They don't want that. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna play ball with us? Basically. Yeah, I had someone tell me, what's the big deal? Six companies own 
91%. Every one of those companies has, has like 20, 30, 40 subsidiaries. I'm like, so what are you saying? That there's there's hundreds and hundreds of independent thought processes? Well, yeah, they're all in, there's no one runs down an edict from top to bottom. And I'm thinking to myself, good God, why would they collude the power? So let me ask you this. If those six companies merged into two, would you think this company would be selling all its corporate structure and this would be selling its corporate? So it would be Coke versus Pepsi, McDonald's versus Burger King. You don't think it would be a similar process of duopoly? You know, it's hard to get people to wrap their head around the macro. They just right. can't see it. Yeah. And unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, that's something that I think the Trump administration has helped kind of usher in. No doubt. Kind of, kind of an awakening, kind of making people open up their eyes. And Because now that you see some of these uh, policies being snapped back into place, you're kind of getting a, 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 a view that we never had before. They've always kind of kept the heat on simmer and slowly raised the it's heat. Like, it's like exactly right. It's like a race to totalitarianism. Right. So, unfortunately, uh, we're running out of time. We don't have hour three to continue this discussion. Rick and I got to do an <laughs> online. Uh, no. <laughs> well, but we appreciate you joining us today. Of course, as always, uh, we're, we're doing our best. Thanks for watching as we salute our military, active and retired, our first responders, EMT, firefighters, especially the boys in blue, the police, and everyone on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Gio and Fran in the booth. Rick Amirati. Go Misfits, Paul Nolan with sport uh, with news, <laughs> and uh, David. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. We'll some see love you for tomorrow. our sanitation. What? What was the sanitation workers? Those guys don't get any love, man. Yeah, it's a dirty job. See you tomorrow. Peace.